Radio broadcast. This is episode seven. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. And I really do feel stuck in the middle with you, which is a good place to be. I'll take it. During this middle ground of self-isolation, I try to go on a bike ride every day. It's usually weather and heat especially permitting, because some days it's like the surface of the sun. Today, a nice, a balmy 88 degrees. The other day, though, and I didn't get the flyer, so I didn't know, it was NatFest 2020. And I mean, the entire bike ride, not just a section. There were just gnats everywhere. They're ricocheting off me. So I am trying not to keep my mouth open (laughs) so I don't eat them. But my selfish need for oxygen was causing me to inhale. And I I was snorting gnats is what I'm trying to say. Your move, Ozzy. Your move on this radio broadcast, because I am a long time radio DJ, I I take requests in the form of questions about the business or my show or whatever you want to know, and I call them questions. And this one is from Mike. He says, do you ever get burned out hearing Dream On from Aerosmith? Why can't we get more testing of other Aerosmith songs done? Ragdoll, Janie's Got a Gun other side or a few that come to mind we don't hear on the radio anymore it's true to a certain extent yeah hey they used to play chip away the stone on the radio so (laughs) we've got we've got the test why don't we test on we got tests anyone who needs a test are going to get a test what oh that's a different test this this is going to get interesting the first answer do i ever get tired of hearing dream on would be an emphatic no (laughs) because aerosmith is my favorite band so i don't really ever get tired of hearing any song from them. And the next part of that question, testing songs. If you've never been privy to that term or how songs get tested and you don't want the curtain pulled back, stop now. Don't go into the light. In its crudest, simplest form, the hook of a song is isolated. And then it is used to figure out if listeners like the song or not. Back in the day, interns, you would cold call homes. Now, because of the lack of landlines, it would be done differently. Hi, I'm doing a survey for about radio stations. You would not tell them. You'd have a script, but you could not tell them what radio station you work for. You don't want to skew the responses. You would ask them what radio stations they listen to. And with some stations, if the person you called didn't name your station as one of the stations, you would end the call then. You would get their, uh, their gender and their age. So the hooks were on cassettes, maybe 30, 35 songs, so that you would tell them the survey would maybe maybe take 10, 15 minutes. You would play the hook of a song, and I'll get to the what a hook of a song is or is not, but you would ask them, do you know this song? If you didn't know the song, if we didn't ask that question first, and you didn't know the song, and we asked you if you liked it, your odds were people would say no, they didn't like a song, but really it was just they didn't know the song. If they did know the song, then you move on to... Do you like the song? Do you love the song? Do you dislike it? Do you hate it? Are you sick of it, tired of it, or indifferent to it? Which is quite possibly the worst answer you can give to for a song. The intern would check the appropriate boxes, and you had a certain amount you were supposed to do 
in any given evening. As you will hear as I go on, it wasn't necessarily the worst way to gather intel because at least you had a live human being interacting and telling you what they thought. Although one of the problems is it's still a small amount of people that are in essence deciding things. The other issue is the hook. And what if you have the wrong hook? And that's entirely possible because it's not always what you think it is. Usually a hook you would consider to be the chorus of the song. For instance, one of the highest testing songs is every breath you take from the police. And you would assume that the hook for that would be, you know, every breath you take, every, I'm watching you, that, and maybe it is. Or is it the part, like the bridge part, oh, can't you see? Would that be more relatable. I only say that because the, one of the songs that comes into my mind is Filter and the song is called Take a Picture and the chorus is you want to take my picture because I won't remember but the part of the song most people remembered because they would call me and say can you play the airplane song because he starts the song awake on my airplane awake on my airplane. My point of that is if you have the wrong hook that could mess with the reaction. My colleague Ed Berliner has a podcast called Man in the Arena, and I was part of the inaugural episode. And then recently he hosted a Man in the Arena podcast titled How and Why Did American AM and FM Radio in America Die? <laughs> Slow and bloody. Dave Corey, Chris Abrams, Dave Caprita joined Ed for this podcast. And I worked with both Daves, and it was Mr. Caprita who spoke of this hook in the testing and he had this great analogy. You see radio stations spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a year uh, putting people in a small room and playing like 10 second snippets of a piece of a song and like, do you like that or do you not like that? You know, which is one of the most ludicrous ways to, it's like showing Mona Lisa's and Monet's and everything and like a flash for one second on the screen going, did you like that? Exactly, you're being asked a lot of questions with only a very small amount of information. And that was Dave Caprita from Ed Berliner's Man in the Arena podcast, found wherever you find podcasts. That's how it was done. And there was also auditorium testing where people who would be willing to go uh, to a rented facility and, and kind of do the same thing, only they would be sitting there with the paper and they'd be checking off every time they heard the song, whether they liked it or not, because you had them in, in that type of setting, you could ask more detailed questions about what they did or didn't like about your particular radio station. But the a funny aside about that, and, and it happened with the adult contemporary station, majority of women, because that's really who our target audience was. So we had all women for this auditorium test. And they would say that they didn't want to hear celebrity gossip, that they just couldn't care less about it, which uh, is such bull. <laughs> it really, seriously, all the celebrity shows from reality to the extras and the all access to the magazines, somebody is watching and buying and inhaling all of this. You know, maybe some people really felt that way, but I think the majority, you don't want to seem vapid and disclose your guilt pleasures in a room full of judging strangers, but we all dabble in it a little bit. So even in that live human setting, take what people say, but you have to use your gut a little bit. Some of it you have to realize, okay, well, that doesn't jive with what's going on in the outside world. Can't rely on everything you're being told. You know, I mean, some PDs just wouldn't play songs because they didn't like them, even if they did test well. I would get calls all the time, and this is in any format I worked, asking, why do you play the same songs over and over again? Why? Well, that is twofold. I remember 
whenever we would, it's called well, tighten up the playlist, meaning we'd go from being a little more varied to playing just the hits, a smaller amount of songs that our ratings would tend to go up. And that made sense because every song that the listener was hearing was familiar to pretty much everyone. And you weren't tossing in maybe that deeper cut that may cause some people to tune out. Now, I know there are some of you that love hearing stuff that you've never heard before. You love that element of surprise, like, what is this? But you're, I'm sorry, you're in the minority. A majority of people, human nature, it's the familiar, the comfort zone. Now, how do you get a new song to fall into that category? Repetition, 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 repetition. And did I mention repetition? How do you think you know all the words to your favorite song? Because you listen to it over and over because you loved it so much. And I'm sure you know the lyrics to songs that you don't like because you heard them so much. You think about kids, do it again, do it again when you're doing something that they're enjoying or they watch Toy Story or Frozen 400 gazillion times and it just falls into part of that human nature. And so that's how songs become familiar. Some stations, Top 40, for instance, will take it to the extreme and they could play a new song every 45 minutes, it seems. There's a reason for that as well. Unfortunately, the reason affects your primary, or we like to call them P1 listeners, because your your P1s listen, they're so loyal, and they listen long periods of time all day at work in their cars. They're the ones who suffer from the reason that new songs get played so often, because you need that song to become familiar. Listening habits of most people in and out of cars. There are some who, who listen to have state radio stations all day at their place of employment. So there's a lot of in and out or punching around listening. We have to think about those people as well. So you need to play a song enough that it's going to become familiar to all of those people. I, I have come to learn that people will listen to a song that they don't like but are familiar with but, but know as opposed to a song they don't know. That has panned out more often than once. I have had to explain that to many callers, that if everyone listened like you did, if everyone listened for that eight hours a day at the office, we would not need to play that new song every hour and a half. But given that most people are in and out or punching around the dial, you have to saturate that song to make sure that everyone gets wet. Another aspect that made radio unique, a very cool part about radio, is that in every city town or at least a region there was a certain song or even songs that were played there but were weren't necessarily played elsewhere and I can remember a colleague of mine who was from upstate New York and he couldn't for the life of him figure out why we played reasons the live version from Earth Wind and Fire I grew up listening to that in South Florida but apparently it was not played up there when I was doing a feature called Friday Night Fever yes we were digging out the old school disco tunes on a Friday night I was trying to convince my boss to let me play Mandolay from La Flavor. And he's like, who is that? So I'm like, dude, that was the skate song in Hialeah. And when my other native Miami colleague corroborated the story, he did finally let me play it once. <laughs> you may have never heard it before, but it was a big Miami song back in the day. And yes, you can find it on YouTube. That made That's what made radio unique. And I said it kind of past tense, because that's getting less and less of getting that hearing different things. I want to play for you 
another snippet from Dave Caprita that was on Ed Berliner's Man in the Arena podcast where he talks about that difference. I've crossed this country many times for radio gigs or just because of bipolar behavior. (laughs) Thanks for admitting that, Dave. Driving from Miami to Seattle, Miami to LA. And one of the joys, you know, back in the 80s or or the 70s or whatever, was crossing this country and you would turn on AM, FM. And every time you got into a different region, Texas, New Mexico, or Colorado, you would like listen to the flavor of the different regions of this wonderful country. And then I remember when we moved to LA in 2000, you would go from one FM radio station to another and they were playing the exact same music. And it was like, what happened to the personality of this city or this area that I'm driving through? The podcast is Man in the Arena, the episode, how and why did AM FM radio in America die? And it's worth a listen. Used to be that flavor. Part of that is because of the consolidations, you know, one one ownership owning a bunch of radio stations and thinking, well, this is working so well here, let's send it somewhere else. And also downsizing management. If you can have one manager that that does that and then it just gets uploaded to several different radio stations that saves money i guess it does cause extreme homogenization because now all these stations that used to have that little bit of flavor the playlist is very much also being shrunken with respect to how many songs are on it and this is because of imho one of the worst things to happen to radio since consolidation and that is the rating system called ppm The old way is still used by a majority of the markets to determine ratings, and it's called a diary. Arbitron, as it's known, would recruit people to write down their listening habits in a paper diary for seven days, and then they would mail it back. And yeah, they got some sort of compensation for that. Turnaround would be maybe like three weeks so again, same with calling for the hooks. You you want to make sure you know their gender and their age and their ethnicity, and from that you would call your ratings a, a flawless system certainly it was not uh, some people would wait until probably that seventh day and they just fill out what their favorite station was as opposed to an accurate account of when they punched in and out and where they punched in and out to you know they just write i listen to my station all the time but these diaries were then used to determine ratings how many people would and still do by the way how many people tune into a radio station at any given time the time people spent listening the breakdown uh, of the age and the gender and the ethnicity and who was listening to what. It was not perfect, but it's based on what you are actively and purposefully listening to. In 2007, a new system was introduced. It's called the Portable People Meter or PPM. It is a device that you wear on your person, picks up codes of radio stations, and it probably wasn't till 2010 or later that most of the major markets started using this rating system. Did you hear that subtle but hugely important difference. Paper diaries were filled out by you and reflected what you were listening to. PPM is a device that registers what you're being subjected to, so whether it's your choice or not. In other words, you walk into a dentist office and a dollar store and odds are strong that they're playing the adult contemporary station in the market and those stations get credited for that now. You are not actually choosing to listen. You may not even be listening. You may not even notice that the radio is on in the dollar store, but it's being registered that way. And that is why adult contemporary AC radio stations, especially their ratings went through the roof and rock and jazz and country stations, with the exception of some markets, 
fell off the face of the earth. I mean, it's far more likely that you'd be subjected to an adult contemporary station when you're out than a rock station. And it's just so ridiculous to me to think in a market here like Miami, Fort Lauderdale, South Florida market, most of my life we had two, sometimes three rock stations that did well, made money. Always at least one active rock station, meaning they would play new songs and then maybe a classic rock station. But there was always some combination of two to three. And then we just went crickets for a little bit. I hear a lot of programmers and other people, oh, you know, we just can't sustain a rock station in this in Miami, even though my entire life we'd sustain two to three. And I was just like, come on, man, you're saying that every person who liked rock just decided they didn't anymore? Or, or they all moved? I don't think so. Come on. The other aspect of PPM that is is just obscene to me and totally explains the lack of variety is how few people determine what millions are hearing. Sure, even with paper diaries, it was a group of people determining which stations would rule. You have four over four million people in your city. You will have anywhere from... 1,400 to 1,800 meters, representing 4 million people. And they're, some are active and some aren't. If you only have one meter that's listening to your station and that person hates a particular song or t- and they tune out every time it comes on, that song could potentially, potentially, there's other factors, but taken out of rotation because its scores are so low. And then the number one market could have 10 or 11 average meters listening to it at any given time. Whereas the station that comes in 20th in the ratings maybe has two or three. So there's only seven meters difference between the number one and the number 20 stations. I know of one station that was number one in their target demographic, which was men 18 to 24. They had zero meters listening for for a significant amount of time, they kept coming back, basically saying, no one's listening to your radio station. Yet, they would have a weekly appearance, and the only place that appearance would be advertised was on the station and the station's social media, and 1,500 people would show up. It would sell out every time. So finally, when the station complained to the PPM people, one of the reps said, well, the panelists, the people who had the meters are being compliant because it's almost like an ankle bracelet. They can tell that you're wearing it. They can tell when you put it in its base. They know all of this. So they said they were being compliant. Apparently, none of them that had meters were listening to radio because they're not told they're on a panel that's going to do radio ratings. They're told they're measuring just media consumption in general. So all they're required to do is wear the meter, which is another WTF because the diary keepers know they're supplying information for radio stations. So why can't you have PPM panelists know that that's what they're supposed to be doing? Or if they don't listen to radio, don't give them a meter, I guess. You can have up to, from what I understand, seven people in a household can have a meter for, and and they can be a panelist for two years straight. If you've absorbed everything I've just said, diaries only are a week, then they mail them in and then they find another group of people. So with this PPM, you could have, if, if one family all qualifies, let's say there's five people in a house, five different meters for two years, five people could be dictating what over four million people listen to for a couple of years. The power of a meter. With diaries, it's ever-changing because there's more people involved. And then the songs themselves have what, what are called M scores. Another example, if two people are in a car and they shut the car off before the song is over, that would drive that score of that song down. 
because all of a sudden the meters, two meters would disappear. They also have to wait meters because maybe a younger person may not be as compliant as an older person. So they'll have the younger person's meter represent more people the older person's meter not represent as many because they're trying to balance it out. The sales force of a radio station has to use these ratings to acquire advertisers. A lot of stations, if you haven't noticed, have pretty much given up doing anything overnight because the PUM levels, as they're called, people using measured media are so low. Well, yeah, most likely because people with meters, if they're working day jobs, the majority of the participants and panelists are working day jobs and they're sleeping at night and they've got this thing in the base. It, no, it's not registering anything. But again, just as rock audience didn't suddenly get up and walk out and shut the door, the same thing, millions of people who work nights and overnights, they didn't suddenly disappear. They're still there. There's more 24-hour stores and businesses than there ever were before. And they're not really not being serviced at all because programmers are just fixated on this meter. And I don't know if it's because of that analytics plays into their wheelhouse, all the data and the charts and the meter, the stuff to extrapolate and the PowerPoint presentations, but it really isn't real. Everybody's like um, a slave to the meter. Everyone wants to play all the hit songs. That's why you're hearing all of the same songs all of the time over and over again on all of the radio stations. Full disclosure, I certainly benefited from PPM, working at an adult contemporary station that was getting all the ratings. I didn't really understand how PPM worked up until the last few years. I've learned more and more about it. And each time I learn something more about it, I get more pissed off about it. It's not that I don't think stations should get their due for being played at businesses and, and offices, but I also think the radio rating should be based on what a listener is actually listening, choosing to listen to, not just because they walk into somewhere where something is playing. And as I was getting the interviews ready in episodes five and six of the radio broadcast, I was reminded about how long interviews could go. You got a rock star in your studio, you're going to chat. You're going to play their songs or they'll play live, but you're going to chat. And they could be in your studio anywhere from a half hour to an hour, whatever it took. And now You'll be lucky if you're allowed to have a guest. And if you do, it better not be over a minute because that meter, if it's tuned in, may tune out. And then if your breaks, when we, you hear us talk, we can't go very long because you don't want a meter to go away. <laughs> and, and really, usually it could just be one, but you don't want that one meter to go away. Of the top 48 markets in this country... Top market to number 48, 46 of them, including South Florida. Yes, use the PPM way to get ratings. You have to have somebody listen with a meter for five minutes in order to get credit for the quarter hour, because that's how ratings go by quarter hour. If you listen to, let's say, 5.03 p.m. to 5.08 p.m., you will get credit for that entire quarter hour. That meter will count for that entire 15 minutes. If you listen from 5.13 p.m., to 5.18 p.m., you get zero credit because it wasn't within those quarter hours it crossed over the line, which is why you get all of the radio stations, if you have noticed that as well, playing commercials all at the same time because they're all trying to get you to listen within those same windows. And then there's sometimes where you hear crazy, I mean, there's always a crazy amount of commercials. They got to pay the bills and the jocks, but sometimes you'll hear like 
a, a crazy amount. And that has to do, usually that's in the overnight or early, early morning hours. And that's for the same reason. They, they get this information from the meters that no one's listening, but it just, it's like insanity. It's like there's a stadium filled with people ready to watch the game. The players are there, they're suited up. You've got 70,000 people in the stadium and nothing is done because there was that one audience member who didn't show up. Oh, he had a meter and he stayed home. So now the game is not going to get played. And those 70,000 people don't matter, if that makes for a better analogy of it. Why radio execs didn't stand up and mass and say, nope, 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 find another way, find another way. I don't know. But now it is 2020. Why can't there be, I, I don't know, a smartphone app that can pick up these same radio codes as you listen, but maybe you can verify. Yes, I'm listening to this. No, this is playing where I am. I know that the PPM people say it's not a level field for smartphones because some like maybe an Apple has a better microphone, so it may pick up a radio code that another one wouldn't. Okay, then how about a diary type method that you can do on your smartphone or your desktop where you can say what you listen to? I mean, if a 17-year-old kid can launch a site to track COVID-19 that over 100 million people have used around the world, surely we can come up with a more accurate way to know who's listening to what. And don't call me Shirley. Now you know, I hope, not to blame the on-air women and men. They're doing the best they can with what they're given. And I thank you for the requestion. Mike, I, I hope I didn't bum you out too much, but that's really, that's why we're sort of stuck in this endless loop of hits. And I, I hope to see it change too soon. If you have a question, Kimba Tyler at gmail.com, you can hit me up on social media. You can see this podcast, youtube.com slash her Kimba and ask me there as well in the comments. Special thanks to Ed Berliner for providing me with the audio from his podcast, Man in the Arena. Thank you for being one of Kimba's Herd, and thank you for listening to me, Kimba, radio broadcast episode seven, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. <laughs>